Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. confession this morning. If you would, take your Bible. How many of you brought your Bibles this morning? Anybody holy today? It's all right. Hey, it's okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just, don't, don't take it personal. Uh, maybe a little bit, but bring your Bibles. If you would, hold them up and let's make our, our confession today. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. If you would, take your Bibles, and if you haven't already, go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. That's where we are. That's where we're going to be, especially uh, today and the next couple of weeks as Pastor Eddie will be back in the pulpit to minister next Sunday uh, to continue to preach this series. But I I want to dive in specific. Last week we talked about, we talked, um, uh, last week we talked about our relationships. First week was talking about our walk, personal walk with the Lord. Last week was on relationships. We dove in and talked about koinonia and what the disciples experienced along with the growing church, that there was a togetherness in the people of God, that they gathered together uh, from house to house, but also the temple courts on a daily basis. There was this togetherness that they had. And today we want to focus and hone in, maybe a little bit convicting, but that's all all right, you're in the church house, and there needed to be some conviction in the house. So we're going to talk about the work. What is it specific? You're not saved to sit. You're saved unto something, to do something. There's something specific, and you have people that you can reach that I can't reach, and I'm reaching people that you can't, so we need each other, and everybody has to take hold of the plow and not look back. We know that that's pertaining to following after God, but also there's some things in Scripture we want to pull together that that is a commands to us that's expectations. So let's let's read the text here in, in verse 42. I'll read it through briefly. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. This is the church to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the signs and the wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. How many of you ate supper last night and you ate it with a bitter heart? (laughs) You upset, you mad, you offended about something, right? They were all sincere. It's crazy. All, they were unified in this whole process, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Today, as we really refine and hone in and specifically focus on 
the work, the giftings, the talents, the abilities that you've been given. I believe 100%, just as the parable of the talent, talent speaks to what the guy did and stewarded what God had blessed him with, I believe it also pertains to the talents and the abilities that you've been given for the kingdom of God. What are you doing with what you've been given? What is the gifts that God has placed in you that is specific to you that no one else can do but you? You have to discover those things because there's an expectation tied to the gift. You don't receive something so you can, all oh, look how beautiful and shiny that is. We're not gifts on display, but there is, the gifts actually have a function. And I love that uh, I remember many years ago in the church that I grew up in, there was an older gentleman that came through and preached a title entitled The Unction to Function. You've been anointed... That's what the unction is in the Old Testament, or excuse me, in the, uh, the King James, they would call it the unction, the, un the spirit of God upon our lives. For what purpose? He comes on me for the purpose of somebody else. It's to function in the kingdom. So I'm not saved to come and enjoy and sit, but I'm saved to serve. There's something specific tied to that. Because every believer, how many of you have ever met those people that they're, they're Christian in name only? You ever met those that, I, I mentioned it last week, but they're believers in names. I'm a believer, well, but the Bible says I'm going to know you by your fruit. You're mad all the time. I go up and talk to you. You look like you've been, uh, as one gentleman used to say, you look like a, a mule chewing on a saw briar. You ain't happy at all. You sucked on a lemon. But I'm a believer. Are you really? You may be saved, but you hate, you hate the, the, the path to heaven. <laughs> it's like you ought to enjoy this. What about that? What's, and, and, and so every one of us that say, hey, I'm a believer. I, I'm, I follow Jesus. You know, it's not just that I made a decision back in 1972. It's a decision every day I get up. I'm choosing him over everything else, and I'm walking a path. And you grow. You're expected to grow. We talked about that last week. But every believer and every Christian in this room, if you say, I'm a believer and I'm a Christian, there's an expectation to this. You were created for what purpose? You were created for service. And read this in Ephesians 2 because this kind of hammers the point home. In verse 10 it says, for we are his workmanship. We are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works. I'm, I'm just going to soak, Pastor. There was a, a generation of people that soaked all the time. Well, eventually a, a sponge gets full and it has to be wrung out. So I'm not saved to soak. I'm saved to be used in the kingdom of God to go out be wrung out, touch others, come back in, get refilled again, go back and do the same thing over. But you were created for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And we, I know this is going to be very general, but this is the truth. Jesus is your elder brother, and he is the epitome of Christianity. He is Christianity. So we, if we can't find it in the life of Jesus, I'm just going to say this and maybe mess with your theology a little bit. If you can't find it in the life of Jesus, you have reason to question it because he is, he is perfect theology. He is God incarnate. The Bible says he is the exact representation of the Father incarnate. All right? So, but the problem in our culture and, and, and what we're struggling with right now is that we struggle with an identity. There's an identity crisis. We've talked about this often uh, to the point to where people are wanting to change genders uh, because they're not satisfied with how they've been created. And I, I get it. I'm, I don't care if it's politically incorrect or correct or whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter. We, God created you the way he did because he expected you to function the way he created you. And not to change that. 
And the only way, when man is created, he's created with a hole. And I believe it, a void. And that is the God void. That's what God himself's not a void, but you need God to help to fill the hole. And when he fills the hole and he becomes your all in all, he becomes the main focus in the pursuit of your life, everything begins to align itself. I'm not serving him so that I can be put on display and everybody can like me because I know that people don't like me and it's okay. But it, I, 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 I fill that hole with him and I allow him, because here's the problem. Many people in identity today, and this is a little bit later, but this fits right here. But many people today... They, they, they love being, everybody wants to be loved, known, and needed. Everybody needs that. That's three things that humanity needs, okay? You, need to, you want to be known, right? You want to be noticed. You want to be loved. And we want to be needed. And it's okay. Like, I, 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 that's, that's completely fine. But what happens is whenever there's healthy, there's appetites to become unhealthy to where they become not just natural but become perverse. And what happens is as we begin to start pursuing the praises of man. And so we look for a like on social media. We look for, we look for somebody to affirm us, and, we, and it becomes unhealthy, and it becomes perverse. Really, it's just the, perversity is the wrong version, right? So we, we start looking for affirmation in people that can't give it to us because we were created for him. And what happens is it becomes perverse, and then we start thriving for the praises of man. Well, this is what I've learned, that is if I depend upon the praises of someone else, then eventually I also will die by the criticisms that they're eventually going to give me because I don't align with everything they want me to do because I have an unhealthy expectation of me. So we allow ourselves to, I didn't, expend, I didn't expect to spend some time on this, but there's an identity crisis right now. It's because people neglect the place of prayer. It's, a, it's conversation with God. I'm not preaching this right now, but it's conversation with God. And, and we, we neglect that place so we don't know who we are. That's the only place you, would, you would find out who you truly are because he reveals yourself. He, taught, he teaches you who you are. And it's, it's a dialogue, and he corrects you. And, but we've been created to serve him. I love Old Testament. It talks about that there were ministers before the Lord. What does that mean? Servants before the Lord. Minute, to minister before God is to serve before God. That's what that is. Those ministers that would go in and, 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 and worship before the Lord, or they would attend to the inner court um, or the, the, yeah, the, the, the holy place sacrifices. They were ministers in the kingdom of God. And th this word workmanship, what it means is, is, is it speaks to a divine designer, a master craftsman or a master designer, and that you were created for his workmanship. That means that when we look at the whole of things, th the Hebrew people don't, have to try to prove to anybody that there is a grand designer. They don't prove to, they don't preach and speak and teach to prove that there is a God. That it's assumed when they talk about him because they know he exists. They understand there's been encounters and experiences. The Western church, we struggle with that. That that, well, we gotta we gotta prove to somebody that there is a God. You, you it comes from a place of encounter, right? But this workmanship, because I've been created, there's an artisan. There, was a, there is a, a master artisan that, that created the universe and, and, and us and you. And it, you weren't just happened upon the earth. 
There is none of that. God knew you and formed you before. He knew you before you were formed into your mother's womb. I'm going to tell you what I've been praying recently and, and, and really pressing into because uh, I, I know it's easy for, for ministers and especially younger ministers and that, that you, you get caught up in looking at this IG account or you start looking at this one and saying, well, they're doing something over here. And I, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Let me just, uh, let's just clear the clutter and shut down all of this stuff. God, who am I? I've got to discover who I've been created to become. And, and, and what can happen is that you, you, you get derailed, distracted. But what I've been praying lately is, um, God, I understand that you saw me. And I'm just going to say this just like I would pray it. God, I understand that you saw me before I was ever formed in my mother's womb. And I understand that you being a master craftsman, that means that, that you have imagination, that you are a creator, you are, uh, you're, you're a, oh, I'm, I'm fumbling through my words, you're a creative, you see things and you write things and you speak things into existence, you saw me. And there's a vision that you had of me before I was ever created. So, God, I'm asking you, in the fullest of that form of that man, AJ, that you, cre- that you saw before you created, help me to become that. Help me to see it the way that you see it. If I start trying to copy, if I start trying to do and what you haven't called me to do, don't let me get distracted. Make me effective. I don't want to be busy. I want to be effective. But make me the fullest vision of who you saw me before I was formed in the womb of my mother because that's where I'm going to be the most effective. Here's the deal. Before conversion, your life had no rhyme or reason. Conversion brought to you balance. It opened up to you to understand that Something greater than you is at work here, right? It ought to. If it did me, I just start thinking about where God came from, and my mind is like, I can't go. I can't even go there. I'm done. I'm, I'm blown away. Think about where God came from. He's always existed. He's never not existed. Maybe you're in the same place I am, or else you don't care. I don't know. But for me, worship begins like, man, He is so big. How, I, everything's always had an end in the beginning, but God, you never, you never have. So it, it begins to work in me in a different way. Here's the thing. You personally, every person, you were created to serve God. You were created to serve God. That's what you were created for. Well, I was created to worship, Pastor AJ. I, I, I hear you, but you understand in Genesis 1, it talks about the first command that's given to man, or I shouldn't say command, but what was given to us initially let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. So there was an authority aspect that was from us. God wants to rule the planet through a yielded, submitted woman or man. That's what he wants to do. He's not going to violate your will in that aspect and make you do anything. Well, Pastor, I don't believe in free will. Somehow it edged its way into heaven because somehow Lucifer that became a Satan or Satan himself, the accuser, somehow he made a decision that I'm going to usurp the throne of God and he got booted. Because in the Garden of Eden, what God tried to do in the moment was he had a garden. Uh, it, was, it was a garden inside of Eden. We don't know how big it was. But he planted a man and a woman that was walking in perfect harmony. Parents, we've probably been said before, but... It's okay if we have some dysfunctional kids. My mom was here this morning, so I was like, hey, mom, you know, I know I was pretty dysfunctional. Probably am a little bit to a degree. Uh, I said shit. Um, but Adam and Eve were very dysfunctional. They forfeited authority, the dominion that was given them because Satan manipulated. 
And God absolutely loathes and hates to the utmost arrogance, pride, and as I said in first service, let's go King James, a haughty spirit and lofty eyes. He can't stand it. Can't stand a gossip, can't stand slanderer. Well, what about the alcoholics? I got you, but let's, let's go to something that some of us may struggle with a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit of gossip, a little bit of slander. Now, listen, are y'all, are y'all awake this morning? All right. Okay, just make it. Make it sure. Go old school church. I'm going to call out front row. No, I'm just kidding. Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? Anybody know nothing about that? Yeah. I got whippings all the time after service. Wasn't paying attention in church. I'm not going to whip you, all right? I promise. Some of you I can't, so it's all good. But in, in Psalm 119, this is what I love. Everything, everything has been created for him. Your faithfulness, this is King David, the longest chapter in the Bible, one, Psalm 119. Your faithfulness continues from generation to generation. Right there, parents, you want to understand that something is trying to get to the next generation. It'll either go through you or it'll stop at you. What kind of prayer closet you got? I'm just saying, curses look to hit the next generation. So your faithfulness, God, just as the blessing of the Lord will go from one generation. You have established, I forgot, anyway. You have established the earth and it stands securely, whatever God has established. They continue this day according to your ordinances for all things. All parts of the universe are your servants. Everything that has been created functions for the purpose of the kingdom of God. That's what it says. It's your servant. It works, it works to, God's, to God's good. It's his servant. It, it, it's, his, it's his hand. So there you go. First thing that we do is we give our lives to complete utter service to the Lord. The second thing is this, is that you serve others. Don't tell me that you love God and don't serve people. Because your measure of your love for God is measured in how you love people. How do you, ha how do you talk to those? How do you treat those that per se you don't need? What about those? Do you honor, not just honor up, but do you honor down? Do you honor all around? Because the culture of heaven is a culture of honor. So we tell a lot of times to the staff, and I know we all make mistakes, but in honor, if you made the mess, you clean it up. I'm not coming to clean your mess up. I don't want to. I'm going to do ministry with you, but I ain't going to do it for you. It's a, it's a culture of honor. Now, that's what we strive for, right? So we serve others. Let me ask you a question. Is everything about you? Do you do something for someone expecting something in return because you've got an ulterior motive? I'm just asking. Your spouse. Oh, Lord. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, listen. Don't. Don't do that. I'm trying to lighten the mood for a moment. Everything can get really heavy. The second thing is this, is that you were gifted for service. You were gifted for service. What does that mean? Gifted. Well, that word specific to scripture is the Greek word charis, which speaks to grace. You have been graced. There is a favor on your life to do certain things. If you're not gifted for it, you can't do it. God hasn't graced you with it. He's given you a measure to be able to function in something. Here's the thing. I know more now of what I'm gifted to be able to do, and I, those are my strengths because it's a God-given ability, and it's easy for me. But my weaknesses... The things that I, I can't do those, I understand. So I have to make sure and surround myself with people that can do those things where they play that part and I play the part they can't do. 
I've been gifted for the service in the kingdom of God. And 1 Peter 4.10 says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Look at that. To serve yourself, to build your own platform, to make yourself popular. No, 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 no. To serve others. It's not for you because I'm just going to tell you, God will never take that gift away, but he can lift the anointing. Oh, dear Lord. And people that don't understand and have no godly walk with the Lord will mistake the, the, uh, the, the gifting for the anointing, and they're not the same thing. So you've been given those as faithful stewards. He will not take that gift back. It's irrevocable. God blessed you, gifted you, gifted you in an area, but it's, it's, I love this. It comes in grace in its various forms or it's multifaceted forms. So it's, it's the same spirit, grace to different people and they have different giftings and abilities. Um, God gives every believer, not just one or two or for the sake of a few. Now, some preachers and some leadership might want to tell, oh, this is just reserved for us. Some things can be, but everyone has a part to play and everyone has, a, has a, 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 an ability. He gives uh, grace to every believer. So here's my question. Have you discovered it? Have you sought the Lord about what is that specific, right? What is that? I mean, I know we talk about this in Next Steps and we, we go through our, 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 our ministry gift profile. Uh, we go through the disc discovery to figure out what your personality is. Some people are like, well, I know all that stuff. Yeah, but have you worked on it? <laughs> I mean, you may, you may know what your personality is, but there, are, you, are you trying to work on those things? Because last I checked, I might can take my gift, whatever it might be, if I've been gifted to prophesy, I can, I can continue to hear from God and, and just keep functioning that. Or I may be gifted in some type of uh, a skill, skill work of my hand. I can raise that from maybe like a five to a seven. But your attitude can, be, can go from a zero to a 10. <laughs> you can change that real quick. Right? Do you know? What is it specific that God has gifted you with? Have you discovered that? Have you sought the Lord about it? Have you asked him, God, what am I gifted for? Does it matter to you? Does it matter to you that your gift could possibly unlock prison doors for five to six people to walk into freedom? I'm just saying, it, it happens. When people, I, I, we watch the ebbs and the flows of people where they're on fire for a season and then they just kind of, and then they're on fire and then they're, like this, but it's like, how do we get to a slow, steady, burning flame where we never drop, but we constantly are rising and rising? Will God find faith as a fire kindled upon the earth when he comes back? I'm just saying it. So where are you in your journey with the Lord? Is it when everything's good, I worship God, but everything starts to, because God wants to use you and your gift, a lot of times your gift, I'm just going to say it, it's the truth. Your gift determines on how you're emotionally and how you're physically feeling. It does. Let me just, let me say this. There's been so many times I've walked in and missed opportunities to lay hands upon the sick in, in stores because I'm too focused on myself, getting in, getting my stuff, and getting out. I'm not saying go spend three hours in a grocery store. But to be open and honest, look, God, I know what my gifts are, so I want to be available to however I can be used of that to see somebody heal. Okay, all right, moving on. So there you go. But get into the presence of the Lord and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Number three is you've been authorized for service. You have been authorized for service. Matthew 16 and verse 19 says, it's where Jesus talking to his disciples. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
And I'm going to read this according to the NAS. I love this. Whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. So it's not that I bind it and all of a sudden goes, oh, we got to bind it here. No, no, no. It's already bound there. So I've got to come into agreement and alignment with the word of God and with what heaven is doing. I have been authorized for the service of the kingdom. What does that mean whenever he comes back and says, hey, guys. I have restored us back to plan A from the garden. Let's get back to plan A, which is I've given you the keys to the kingdom, and let's go and see the kingdom of God filled. Let's, let's see it propagated. In Matthew 28, 18, I have the keys. That's what he says. And then he tells them, go therefore and preach the gospel. That speaks to where Jesus has taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the enemy and given it to his people. We have been delegated... We have, a, we have delegated authority from the kingdom. As a son, as a daughter, we've been delegated authority. So in other words, that now we have legal access and baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ gives you legal access to function in kingdom. It does. You're being authorized by the name that's above every name. There is an intimate tie, and that's why baptism is so important. You don't put that off. And if you feel the need to do it again, you do it again. Maybe not every Sunday, but do it again, right? So the, here, let, me, let me take a moment. This Bible, we understand that this is a redemptive story. 66 books surrounding and speaking about, about our Redeemer that was to come, King Jesus. It's also um, not just a redemptive story. It's a love letter to the people of his own people of how he can re reconcile and redeem you. But then on the other side of that, it's also a legal document. Because if you understand your authority in the kingdom, let's just get to this point, uh, because Satan is a legalist. He, he knows how to function. He knows the loopholes. I say there's not loopholes in Scripture, but he knows how to, to get you to agree with him so he can bring you. I'm talking something. I hope you're with me. I, I, I got to be careful. I want to go too deep into that. But this is a legal document. And in the kingdom, this is a constitution according to the kingdom of God. I have to know this. So many of you have had so much stolen from you, and you're, you're rebuking the devil whenever all you have to do is start saying, I, I bind it. I declare he has no authority in this area of my life. He's stolen, but he can't do it anymore because it's all right here. Once you, once you get it and once you understand it and you've been given authority, then you can start having discernment to stand up and see the doors that's been opened. You shut them, right? And he can't open it back up. And no man has authority to open a door that God has shut. So you have to understand this. This book is a legal document. It's also the constitution of heaven. And if it's where you're going and you're going to spend more time there than you are here, you need to know it. What's available to you right now in that book? The authority of the kingdom. It's, I'm telling you, it's all right here. Because the authority will come in the commission that Jesus gave you. Go, therefore. But then a few chapters later, a few books later in the book of Acts, there was a power that came upon the church, and they received an encounter. So the authority came in the commission, but the power came in the encounter. Because then they went out as witnesses endued. What does that mean? There was an authority on their life. They were saved, but they yet they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire, and they went out as witnesses. And I love the gospels, or excuse me, as you read through the epistles, you never see these apostles or, or these men that were baptized, you never see them wavering. You never hear it. There was something, a dunamis that came on their life, an encounter that endued them for the works and the service of the kingdom of God. They were authorized. 
Number four, they, we're commanded to serve. Every one of us in this room, you're commanded to serve. I, I know this is going to step on a few toes, but that's part of it. Um, Jesus is speaking to his, his, his disciples, and he's talking about the Gentiles, and then he flips in and he says, look, um, they were talking about lording it over one another and that they're over their own. And he says, listen, it's not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you needs to become a servant. Whoever wants to be first must become the slave. And it's an overemphasis specifically on serving. And he says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, there you go, but to serve and to give his life, life as a ransom. So here's my next statement, and it's a little bit, little bit bold, but... To not be involved in serving is disobedience. And here's the reason why. Jesus says in Luke 22, for, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table. Is it not the one who sits at the table? It's the owner, right? But Jesus says, but I am among you as one who serves. There is a command for us to serve. Let me just take just a brief moment. Anybody, how many of you were, grew up in church? <laughs> Have you seen any funny stuff? I don't know about some of the different denominations, but I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and I saw some funny stuff. Uh, <laughs> just a couple. There was one Sunday um, during worship I just saw a bobby pin on the stage. We, we in a, we're in a Pentecostal church. I'm just going to tell you. Y'all don't know about that. I just saw a bobby pin. Never mind. All right. Sorry, squirrel. Got to keep moving. Um, I, I remember in worship <laughs> one Sunday, and there was this precious lady. She was an older sister to a couple that, that were coming. She would have probably been um, maybe in, into her 80s, and, and she was worshiping, and uh, I, I remember, I remember. I don't know what she was singing, had no clue, but I just saw a pair of dentures come out on the floor. <laughs> and uh, instead of, you know, I don't know what you do at, at that point, but she walked over, she picked them up, she took the bottom of her dress and she wiped them off and just slid them right back in and kept worshiping. Now, how many of y'all dedicated to worship like that? <laughs> uh, I told this first service, my mom was here, so I feel like I can kind of share it. Uh, my dad was a character. He was so funny. He was literally the life of every party, and a lot of times because he just kind of seemed oblivious. So, um, but this is one Sunday. I'd come off the stage. He was always a musician. He was sitting, sitting beside my mom, and, and you know, in Pentecostal church, somebody got up, took off, and somebody's fixing to preach. We don't know how long it's going to be. They're fixing to preach, though. They're going to preach about how faithful God's been, bless, you know. And so, anyway, um, my, uh, my dad was sitting there, and he was filling out his tithes. And was putting him in an envelope. And he got excited. And he, he's like me. I, I always used to aggravate him. Uh, you know, you're just one track mind. That, well, guess what? So am I. And he's filling out his tithe. And all of a sudden, I mean, everybody starts erupting. And, and uh, instead of my dad just standing up and just shouting hallelujah, he stood up. He said, $20. Because And so, I mean, there's some funny things that have happened in church. And, and, and here's the deal. About the church of God, about us, we're talking about serving in the house of God. I would have never met some of the most interesting, and I mean that in the best of ways. You probably you think I'm, some of the most interesting and most, some of the lifelong relationships that I would have, or we could just say eternal friendships 
I would have never made those had they not been made in the church. And I look at the moments of serving and those that have walked through highs and lows to walk alongside them. I would have never experienced that had I been sitting at the house with the door shut doing my own thing with Jesus. I'm telling you, that's why I believe that the Bible talks about not forsaking the assembling of yourself as we come together. There are people that you connect with, you would have never connected with, that have a word of encouragement they could bring you. As I've been praying this morning, God, give us the keys to unlock the invisible prisons that people are bound in. David talked about my soul is in a prison. Why? I think you need to be connected with people because as I get in and I start serving with people, all of a sudden I realize I've got gifts and I've got keys. Those gifts could be keys that unlock cages to help people walk into a new place of freedom. I'm telling you. That's why I love the church so much. It's not my God, but it's who God uses as a vehicle to touch lives of people. I'm telling you. It's so good. But God has prepared me for service. I'm prepared for it. That's, we look in at Ephesians 4. We have the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And many, many different ones have said, well, okay, we're going we're to give you pastors, teachers, and evangelists. But those first two, we're going to kick out to the side. I'm telling you, our leader over the ministry, Pastor Eddie, is an apostle. He's been gifted to be able to know how to establish churches, to allow those of us that would have never had a shot that God had put his hand upon to recognize and to put them in positions of authority to be able to walk into their dreams and their callings and their destinies. That's what apostles do is they open the door for those to come through. And then not only that, but that we are connected to the prophetic. Uh, Prophet Lloyd's coming. I'm telling you, you just got to come check that out. But we believe in that. Why has he given those to the church? It's for the, the equipping of the saints. We are called to be equipped. Um, God has provided the fivefold ministry for us to train and to serve in the kingdom of God. The sixth thing is this, is that I'm rewarded for the service. Now, I know a lot of you, humble. This, here's, here's a funny one. Uh, people, you, you compliment somebody on what they did, how that God used them. Man, you know, you did so good on that. Or you, you know, putting that thing together. You, that was so, oh, no, it was... It was all God. It was not me. I'm like, okay. Got to take Pastor Bill Johnson's quote. You were good, but you weren't that good. <laughs> if it was all God, it would have been a lot better, I promise you. So it's like, be careful how you say those things, right? God has chosen you as a vessel. He puts his hand upon you. And there are rewards attached to this. For those of you that say, I just want to give God all the glory, let me tell you something. When someone compliments you on something that you've done, hear me. I'm going to help you. People say, I just want to get, God receives, yes, to God be the glory. But when someone comes up to you and says, that was such an incredible job, you tell them thank you. When you get behind closed doors and it's you and the Lord, God, whatever glory that was trying to be cast upon me, I'm giving it to you right now. And give it to him. And it's done with the right heart. We know that nobody's trying to take it for themselves. But it's important to know that. Here's the thing. People say, well, I don't want to be rewarded. I'm good with that. I don't know. Well, Jesus tells them that whenever they enter into the kingdom of heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share in the master's happiness. Hebrews 11.4, what does it say? He that comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. So yes, what is the cross for? Yeah, deny myself, take up. But every cross, every cross that you bear is tied to a resurrection. What is that? That's a reward. 
I bear my cross in this life because I'm going to be like Jesus that I can look through and see all the pain and the agony, all the slander, all the gossip, all the mess that they say and all the hoo-ha that people cast on you, all the shade they're throwing on you because there's one day I'm going to receive a reward. And for some of us, you're going to get a lot of crowns. I mean, excuse me, you're going to get a lot of uh, uh, gems in your, in your crown because you've had to endure a lot of mess and you did it with a right heart. So our future reward outweighs our moments of service. Well, Pastor, I've been serving in this position here, and I love what I do, but I don't know, nobody ever says anything to me. Listen, I can tell you, no one's ever going to see those times you show up at somebody's house at specific times, late at night, praying with them, phone calls, text messages. Nobody ever sees those things. But guess what? He sees everything that you do. So, are, again, are you doing it for the praises of somebody else? I know it's good to get somebody to say, hey, we noticed you. Thank you, Right? So my service, to close this out, my service involves, there's three things here. The first thing is this, is it, dis, it, it involves discovering my place of fellowship. Uh, we talk about this, many of you are here this morning, maybe you're a guest today, you're visiting, checking things out, seeing kind of how things are. Um, we believe that God plants us in specific houses of worship. Why? Because there are, there, he'll show up and water you where he's planted. And you'll flourish, you'll thrive, you'll grow spiritually, uh, and, and you'll see great things take place. Um, and and there's, there's lives you'll transform right there. He plants you somewhere, and we pray for that. I don't, hey, please come to our church. But no, I learned that from Pastor Philip. If you ain't called here, don't stay here, right? We want you to be where God has called you. If you feel that, you have to, but if you don't pray and seek and ask, you never know where God's planted you. So God will plant you in places. The second thing is this. you got to discover your gifts. Do you know what your gifts are? Some of you do, and you, you do the spiritual giftings assessment, and it gives you a little bit more. But some of you already know those things. But are you praying into those things, and are you using those? It's a question you need to answer that for yourself. I challenge you for 30 minutes a day, pray and ask the Lord, God, I, I need you to show me what I'm gifted in if you don't know that. What am I gifted? 30 minutes a day. Don't just pray for a day or two and give up. You've got to be consistent with it, right? And the third thing is discovering your place of servanthood and ministry. You need to discover that place. Where is it? Because that's where you got to plant. Yeah, but I don't agree, but I got you. But where are you called to be? Because you need to go serve there. Somebody, God needs you. It's not me. God needs you there. Because this is what I understand. My walk and your walk, it provides three things as well. The first thing is it provides you principles to live by. All of my principles should flow from the presence. You spend time in the presence of God, guess what? Principles will flow. If you have principles without presence, you have legalism. If you have presence without principles, you have no structure to live your life by. Right? Second thing is this, you need a foundation, and my walk provides a foundation for living. This Bible, I can't take two and three verses out and make them mean what I want them to mean and live my life by them. That's building your house upon sand. You take the whole of Scripture, and you build your life upon it, and this becomes a foundation. Your house becomes a house of stone and not a house of sand. The whole counsel of Scripture, not tidbits, 
That's building your house on a foundation. And the third thing is that it gives you stability for life. Everybody needs these relationships that provide words of affirmation, that provides words of correction into your world, that gives you stability to function in your calling for the kingdom of God. Man, it's for Him. Right? Let me pray over you. Bow your heads if you would. Father, I pray right now. Anyone that's in this room, that if you were to go home today, if God calls your number, let me just put it that way. God calls your number, and you have no clue where you would spend eternity because eternity's fixed. There's no way out. There's a way in, but no way out. And you don't know for certain today that you would spend it with King Jesus in heaven. Then this, this is for you. Right now, if you don't know that's you, nobody's looking. Raise your hand so I can see. It's just acknowledging so I can pray with you. And you say, I need to be saved today, Pastor AJ. Bless you, I see the hand over here. Anyone else? Come on, I'm gonna give it just a moment. Anybody that don't, you don't know where you're spending eternity, today is the day of salvation. Right now, the, the Bible calls it repentance, and that's changing the way that you think. That's what that means. God, I'm asking you right now, and you pray this, I, my prayer can't save you, but it's repentance. I repent, God, I forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, I thank you for being perfect. I thank you that you died on a cross for my sins. You took the stripes upon my back, upon your back for my healing. And I thank you that by your stripes I'm healed. But not just that, you rose again on the third day. And I believe, I believe today, I believe in you. And ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come in and change my heart. I welcome you to come in today in the name of Jesus. And for those of you, I want to ask you a question. Many of you in this house right now, maybe you've been sitting and you've been spinning circles, trying to figure out what your next step is for becoming a part of the house of God. Listen, God needs you actively involved and engaged. He needs you. We are in harvest season, people. He needs you plugged in and apart. So whatever that looks like, you say, look, I I need to be involved. Nobody's looking, but just lift your hand and say, I need to be a part of this. God bless you. Anybody else? Hands? See a hand there. Hands going up all over the room. God's calling your number today. Here's a prayer for you. It's really bold, but I encourage you to pray it. God, whatever you want to do in me, I say yes. Just tell it. God, whatever you want to do in me, I say yes. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.